0: Hey, y'all. RNT here. I'm so sorry I couldn't be there to celebrate with y'all this year. I hope everyone had a really great time at CAP, and um, I really look forward to seeing you all next time. Here is RY hosting a panel for the special Summer CAP episode. Tune in for live audience questions and a big announcement.
1: was solid, friends. That was solid. This is Love in Brief, a podcast intended for ABDLs to talk about all different kinds of love, love for yourself, love for others, love for the community, love for your pets and your pet play, as it were. I'm resident, Yes, and I have a distinguished panel with me this week that we're going to dive into some live advice questions, um, not just for those in the room, but for those who listen to the podcast all over the world. And we get to do it live here at Capcom. 2022. Y'all having a good time at Summercap? Me too. Uh, Before we dive into that, I've got a couple of announcements. The first is you better warm up those vocal cords because I need you to ask questions. And I'm giving away some diapers for you. These are some of our Seaside Princess diapers that uh, if you go to, by the way, to their booth and mention Love & Brief, you get $5 off a pack just for coming to this. So, as soon as we're done here, run over there and check in at the booth uh, with those guys. Also, Trest uh, gave us their very last of some of their diapers. These things have sold out like crazy, so the ABDL shop was kind enough to give us some samples of diapers from Trest in small, medium, and large. So these are up here for you. Thank you very much to, uh, to both of uh, my inner baby. Thank you to the ABDL shop for those. We're really excited to give those away. We also have a really fun announcement from Stramatica. Y'all ready to talk to us? Y'all ready to do this? Okay, so, <laughs> so tell us who you are and tell us what Stramatica is. Uh,
2: so I'm James Frost, so I'm the assistant con director working with uh, Stramatica.
3: And I'm Kyle, and I'm the communications director working with Stramatica. is a pretty cool organization um, that was founded earlier this year, and the idea was to try and bring different communities together to learn, to educate, to play, and really just make sure we can have an inclusive and diverse community that's kinky, and that's fun, and that's educational.
2: Yeah, What we really want to hit off is that uh, this is a convention all about diapers. So no matter how you engage with diapers, whether it's age play, little pup, baby fur, any way at all, there's a space for you here.
3: So our announcement today, which we're pretty excited about, is that Stramatica is pleased to announce that next fall we're launching a brand new convention called Forever Playland. And we have been planning for this for the last three four six months or so and so we're proud to say here on love and breathe because it's one of our favorite podcasts of course Aww. uh that we're excited to announce that next year next fall Dramatica's first convention will be forever playland um and it's going to be an event that is incredible and like any other
1: i know what you guys are thinking wait are you allowed to announce a convention at a convention
3: <laughs> don't
1: worry everybody said it was cool yeah, we, we, yeah. had
3: to, we, we spoke to capcon and they're Go for it, right? Yeah, because yeah. one of the things that we want to make sure we're doing, and one of the reasons why Capcom is so great and that we really want to make sure we add to the community is you know, we want to make sure we're helping each other out yeah. and that we're promoting all sorts of inclusiveness across the board, uh, that we're able to make sure that people from all diversities, all geographic areas, and people who just really want to explore and learn new things can explore that. So whether that's that Capcom, Forever Playland, or someplace else, we dramatically want to make sure we're catalysts to make that happen. So that's one reason why we're doing this and why we're really excited. Tell me about the name. Forever Playland? Forever Playland. Yeah, what does it mean? <laughs> so it's a, it's a pretty cool name. Do you, do you want to talk about the name Forever Playland?
2: I mean, we uh, obviously just batted around so many different ideas, and there's so many cool events already out there. Like, we've got Dream World, uh, you know, Cap, uh, Cap, of course, and uh, it was really hard to come up with a name. Uh, but we really kind of centered on the play, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and how we uh, forever want to be young and play and find different ways to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really what, what this event is like all about, is looking at all the different diverse ways that we can come together and play with kind of diapers as that leading, as leading piece, mm-hmm. uh, and that there's so many different ways to engage with that.
1: Okay. Are there uh, things that people should look for, things, highlights, features that that you're designing around that people should look
3: for? Yeah, for sure, I think the first thing that the team really spoke about when we were approaching this journey was this idea of crossover. Um, you know, a, a lot of times, I, from my personal experience, when I first started wading my my size 13 feet into this community, um, I was really trying to figure out like where do I fit in, uh, and try to figure out you know, am I an AB? Is it DL? Is it somewhere in between, middle, little, big? Um, but the reality is, the one thing we want to point out is that with the theme of crossovers, the idea is like everyone is welcome here. Uh, and so what we want to do is create that feeling of inclusiveness. So whether you're, you know, a little, a big, you love leather, you know, you're into pup play, you prefer to just hang out with your friends on a Friday, you know, drinking, you know, a Miller Lite, for example, um, and you want to learn and engage, this is the place to do so. Um, everyone is welcome at Forever Playland. And we want to just make sure you can come, you can do what you like to do best, but you can also learn some new things and encounter some new things while you're here as well. So remind us... When, where, and how do
1: people get involved?
3: Yeah, no, it's a really good question. So You're like, I don't know either. <laughs> we haven't figured that part out yet. No, so the cool part is uh, the whole Stramatica team is looking at next fall uh, 2023 to launch this first convention, a full takeover immersion immersion experience. Um, If you want to get involved, you can check out foreverplayland.com right now if you want to. You can sign up and subscribe to our email list, and you can start getting updates as they come. I will say, because, you know, as everyone who's been to Capcom or any other convention knows, it takes a lot of people to pull something like this off. And in fact, there are members of the Forever Playland team in this room right now. Um, If you guys want to just stand up real quick, and everyone kind of see who you are, and we can clap for you just a little bit. (laughs) but the the thing that I love about this team is that you know we know that we have a lot more work to do and everyone in this room and listening to this podcast right now if you want to get involved shoot us a note and say, hey, I might be able to offer a class. I might want to help with communications, or I love social media, I can help there. Heck, you might even want to run the convention yourself (laughs) if you want to do that. Um, But feel free to get involved, hit us up on our email. Check us out on Twitter, of course, we're there at at Forever Playland, Um, send us some love that way. But I I gotta say, um, this team has been dedicated from day one, and we're just getting started, so we're so excited. I'm excited too. Anything else y'all want to share about it before we dive in? I think we hit everything All so right. we'll, we'll see you next year James Frost, The
1: con Movie thank you how about a hand for them and for Forever Playland so again it's a little weird right hey we're announcing a con at a con but this is one of the things that I love about this community you've heard us talk about this on the podcast is that the demand for our community to grow and to see each other is so high that we can be at one con and say can we talk about another con and they're like hell yeah because we just want more excuses to get together don't we? Any excuse. So, yes, awesome, and thank you for stepping out and building something great. All right, let's talk some advice, shall we? I've got dips to give away. Play Outfitters has equipped us with a whole bunch of seaside princesses in medium and large. I've got some trusts from the nice folks at the ABDL shop, the last ones in the building, as it turns out, that haven't been snapped up. So if you've been waiting on that small, medium, or large trust you couldn't get your hands on, now's your chance. Uh, We're going to do some advice. My question to you is, who is our brave first Yeah, how about a big hand for whoever just stood up? All right, thank you. I was gonna give time to think and you're just like, I'm in on it. So I'm gonna send you right there. I'm gonna introduce our panel so you have a second. we're, uh, We're gonna send you right over there we're gonna get into our first question. I already introduced myself as resonant. Yes, let's go to the Kyle movie. We just spoke, but tell us a little bit about your love.
3: Yeah, of course, so I'm the Kyle movie. Um, you know, I would say that what I love is my friends who are in this community. Yeah. They are amazing and they're in this audience right now. <laughs> but I will say um, it is just incredible the support they show and the you know, confidence that they give me from day to day. So that's what I love.
1: And you're hot. So says the community. Thank you. Next up, Misty.
4: Hi everybody, bienvenidos. I am baby Misty. Um, My love, it's my daddy. It's the first time I've ever brought somebody to a con and been in a supportive, loving relationship. So it's weird, but I'm really loving it.
1: Stepping out. I love it. Yeah. And it's his first con, right? Amazing. Yeah. Convergent. Love him. Dr. Rhoda.
5: Hello. Um, I'm Dr. Rhoda. Some of you know me as the diaper doctor. Uh, I'm glad to be here again. Um, I'm I'm loving that we're back together in an in-person con again after nearly two and a half years. Yeah. I can't believe this. Um, it's wonderful. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm so happy to see everybody and feel the energy and see all your smiling faces.
1: Really glad to have you back too. Thank, Thank you, you. Miss Panda Pants.
6: Hi, I'm Miss Panda Pants. Um, my love is honestly just being here and seeing everybody again. It feels like a reunion. I've met a lot of ABDLs, but I feel like every single one I've ever met is here this week. It's crazy. But yeah, it's amazing to be back with everyone again. Mm-hmm.
1: I remember our very... Yeah, Let's we'll take a round of applause for that. I remember our very first parties when there was like 10, 20 of us in a room, as Panda Pants, and we were like, will it ever get bigger than this? The answer is yes, by about 1,500 people. All right, Dips and Brews.
7: Hi, everybody. Uh, I go by Diapers and Brews on FetLife and Insta. Today, for condensed purposes, I'll go with just brew. Um, My love is for my close friends who are very supportive of me on my first cap, and I'm really enjoying it. Another cap virgin. Yeah,
1: and Sleepy K. Um,
8: yeah, hi. I'm Sleepy K. And um, <laughs> I guess um, my love is just you know being getting to see all my friends and people in my life and seeing people I haven't seen in like such a long time and getting to meet new people. Yeah. We'll take <laughs> all right, Sleepy
1: K. So we have a distinguished panel. Thank you for being our first brave volunteer. Step on up, tell us who you are and give
9: us your question, and we're gonna do our best. So I'm DatBabyFox on Instagram. I'm also known as Plum.
1: Yeah, and Plum. Welcome back, by the way. Thank you to very love and much. Yep. And
9: also I wanna say that my love is for my beautiful, beautiful wife over there, Muffin. She is Aww. fantastic. So I actually have a question. Uh, With this being a very, obviously very niche kink, we have to keep this side of ourselves pretty decently hidden, right? So I have my own opinion about how I feel about public exhibitionism in Mm -hmm. the ABDL kink, but I also wanted to know what the, uh, the panel's opinion was on this and what advice you could provide to safely and consensually indulge in those urges?
1: Oh, this is good. You're, you're jumping right in the deep end.
9: <laughs>
1: I dig it. I have my opinions too, but I'm gonna leave it to our panel.
4: So thanks for that question. And I feel like my position on this is informed by being a parent to young children. And I feel like it's very easy to malign our community and have it go to something misunderstood for something that it's not. So I do have a distinct position where if things are done with discretion, um, where you know it's not going to necessarily invade or infringe on forcing your kink on other folks uh, in those environments that are really vanilla. So I think of amusement parks like Sesame Place. Like, of course, you can dress little, but I feel like there's a line and even articulating that line is kind of hard because you think if someone legitimately had to wear an incontinence garment and it was visible, nobody would be like, excuse me, sir, like, could you tuck your diaper away? So I feel really conflicted about it, but like I said, I'm probably more on the hide side because of being a mom.
1: Yeah. Good. Other thoughts from the panel? How How do you tackle this this question
5: Um, I I would concur with that to a great degree and it's 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 not that I think everyone should not be able to express themselves however they want because personally I think everyone in the world should be able to express themselves however they want walk down the street be yourself be authentic but we don't live in that world And that's the problem, is that then my concern, kind of like yours, goes for people's safety. Because, let's face it, in the last few years, and especially this year, things have shifted a lot politically. Not to go political, but that's the reality of the world we're living in. And I see a lot of danger, and it scares the living crap out of me. Because, because I just know that people are going to get hurt. Yeah. And so I, I think about people's safety, and, and that has to be paramount for everyone. That, mm-hmm. Like, I would love it if all of you could walk down the street dressed like you are right now. But that's not the world we live in. And some states are getting really scary out there. Mm-hmm. So that's my two cents.
1: You're a lot nicer than I am on this one, Doctor Rhoda. Like, I love that you're like, I wish everybody could. That would be really. And I'm like, no, don't do that. But the only reason is, and potentially it's informed by my role as a parent as well. But if I if I could process every possible kink and sexual experience in the world with my child in real time, I would. I can't. There's a lot of stuff you can't explain to there's somebody who, overlap. yeah. The, and, and there's a lot of stuff you can't explain to somebody who has no business being involved in, in sexualized behavior, um, and shouldn't so I think you, y'all are, are nicer than I am uh, and I respect that for me it's like look so R&T who couldn't unfortunately be here she sends her, her regrets and her love but you know, she was somebody who wore all the time right? so I got really used to being out in public with somebody who was in a diaper however we went to I won't even say great lengths it's not that hard we went to moderate lengths and were fully successful in not, not making it so that other people are, are seeing this and, and recognizing it as kink You know what I mean? So I think for us, that was the line was, of course, people can wear, of course. Some people need to wear, some people just choose to, great. But when it starts becoming a publicly sexualized experience for people who haven't asked to be a part of a publicly sexualized experience, that's where we drew the line.
6: I think it's also important to remember, like when you see pictures of people that might have posted something online and they're in public, that you don't know everything that's going around. Like they're most likely private, so don't take that as a cue to go wear your diaper out in public. Because there's probably no one around when they took that photo. Yeah, yeah. And some people take it very like seriously. Go, oh, I can go out and wear a diaper in public because they did, but you don't know who. That it was probably really private.
9: So.
1: Yeah. I'm glad we tackled this tough one right out the gate. You're welcome. Fox, what, 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 you said you have a thought on it, too.
9: I personally think that it is it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, you should definitely be able to practice it, but you should be able to practice it safely. And, of course, no one should know. Mm. No one should know. That's, that's the biggest thing is that anyone around you should not be able to know. It's your own little personal secret. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you for that question. How about a hand for Fox for that first one? Come on over and CHD and get uh, some free dips. Um, and also just one, one reminder, it's not that hard to cover up a dip in public. Just so you know, all summer, all winter, it's not that hard. Nobody's looking for it. It's right. Agreed. It's not that hard. Okay. All right. Let's move on. How about our next question?
10: Oh, well,
1: hello. Tell us who you are.
10: Oh, do I? Oh, if you I... don't mind,
1: you can put it, push it down if you need.
10: No, I like, I like, I feel dominant. I'm asserting my dominance okay. right now.
1: Right on. Right on. Yeah. Yeah.
10: Yeah. My legs hurt. So, I am Arella. Hello. Hi, Arella. Um, what are your thoughts on conventions, like, for people who are divers, these babies, um, in the future? Like, 10 years, five? How do you guys, what do you, where do you think it will lead to? Where do Ooh. you think it will go?
1: The conventions of the future. What do you all imagine? Kyle, is it rude that I'm looking right at you?
3: I know. <laughs> For the audience in the radio, everyone just looked at me and was like, you got this. You just told <laughs> us you were doing one, yeah. No, I think that's a really great question. So when I think about the idea of conventions um, and the experience as a whole, I think they provide a couple of things. One, you realize that you're actually not alone. I think coming to something like this provides some of that validation and it really helps you accept who you are. I think in the future, um, these events could possibly become... You know, more localized and more community focused. I think um, one of the great things about an event like Capcom, for example, is that there's so many people here from around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that there there are a lot of opportunities for conventions to help connect local communities together and really help expose people to like what the larger communities thinking and ways for community activism, um, for community participation, and ways to really just help empower and mobilize people who all have something in common to really help make sure the world's a better place. Um, that's my like dreamy, you know, future what it looks like but the other thing I said I want these to be more accessible You know, I want them to be more affordable I want them to be in places where there's a lot of transportation and finally I just want them to be a place where everyone feels welcome at the end of the day so that, that's the future I think is, is where we're going um, and it hopefully it makes sure that we can be more human at the end of the day well I don't know how to top that but good luck
7: uh, yeah I can't definitely top that no, I think one of the things I wanted to add too is the fact that you have so many new people coming into the community, whether they're coming into age um, or you know a partner that's coming in that maybe isn't familiar with the community. That all of a sudden now they're growing into it, they're slowly learning it, or they come to a convention like this and kind of have a coming to Jesus moment or coming to diapers moment and realize that oh wow, like this is really cool, this is yeah. awesome, and I and I enjoy this now, or I see now why you get that. Like they they finally it clicks for them, and so they now can enjoy that even more so in the con space but also in that personal relationship as well too yeah yeah that's good I'm, I, I love
1: this focus on like the individual experience but also the community experience increasing that local the n- local nature like there has to be something in between local munch and 1500 person con right there has to be something in the middle so I hope to see more of that so that people can have that first time experience in a more intimate relationship building setting thank you for that
10: well I have wait oh hello I have another question that's kind of pertaining to that. All right. Yeah, you're sneaking in a
1: 1B. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Uh,
10: uh, what was it again? Um, <laughs> <Next>. No. <laughs> Got to sleep. It's, you're in timeout. Go on the corner. Um, <laughs> with this With Capcom getting so big and conventions like this getting bigger, what are your thoughts on the general public finding out about this? And do you think in the future it would be either more normalized or do you think there would be rules or something in place that would try to prevent group meetings like this for a convention of our peoples?
3: that's a really good question I have an opinion on this so you know a long time ago you know conventions have been going on for a long time and a lot of conventions with other kinks are actually doing community projects they you know they, they work and volunteer during these convention times and cities actually look forward to their participation uh, because they provide an economic booth and economic growth at the end of the day and so I think with this kink in particular there's a possibility that it could become something like that eventually if you look at the top last five uh, surveys done by men's health women's health and A few other really great magazines like Cosmopolitan, for example, where they're talking about sex during the course of the pandemic. Age play makes one of the top ten things couples have tried before, um, and BDSM is put as a separate thing. You could talk about the efficacy of these surveys, for example, but I've really never seen that before when reading, you know, my weekly periodical. And so, you know, maybe in the future, it's possible It becomes more mainstream and people understand more. But I think there's an economic case to be made uh, for some of these events uh, that could possibly, in the future, help, you know, remove some of the stigma that's associated with kink in general. But I will point out one of our panelists did say earlier, that it is getting dangerous out there because there's some states that are moving completely backwards in this area, trying to ban all sorts of expression and all sorts of free speech, including things like this, for example, and there's a great possibility that we go backwards in some, or several areas. Yeah.
10: That, was, that was pretty great. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you for that. And I'll tell you what I hope, my hope is that um, of course that it, it get, becomes more accepted the same way that I hope all forms of sexual expression become more accepted, more mainstream. So here's hoping. Thank you for that question. Don't forget to come get free dips from Age Play Outfitters in the ABDL shop. Why, hello.
11: I'm going to move the microphone a little bit. Is thats that, is that going to offend <laughs> you, Arella? <laughs> Sorry. Adjusted it by about four feet yeah, up. Right, yeah, let me just... Um, yeah. She doesn't even, she's not even paying attention. Uh, my name's Tinker Kinkers. Uh, my Ooh. love is all of this right here. I feel like you are all my brothers and sisters and um, non-binary siblings here, so thank you. Um, my, my question was, she kind of stole my question. Oh, right on. Um, I asked and you said it was okay. <laughs> I said it, I didn't say it was okay. Did not consider stealing my question. But um, uh, actually, maybe I could direct it more towards Dr. Lipscomb, if you don't mind. Um, and thank you. Your book is amazing, by the way. Highly recommend it for...
5: <laughs> I not, did not pay him for that, I, I swear.
11: No, I'm serious. Like... <laughs> Um, a lot of these people in this room are, are pretty self-actualized and accepting, but like especially those people that are on the fringe, really like pass that book along to them. It's really good. So, um, it, as far as public acceptance goes and the future of our community, I'm wondering. You know, we talked a little bit about public acceptance, but I'm wondering if there's any like maybe research-driven stuff or, or studies now being done still that would help us moving forward. And are you doing personally any work? In those areas, um, you know, if you could just talk a little bit about what the future looks like from your side, maybe for us.
5: Yeah, sure, sure. I'd be happy to. Uh, Thank you for that question. That's great. Um, I can't say for certain about any current research being done about that. I'm not aware of any. Um, I do know from my own experience, because I do... People know me, so I, I get a lot of emails and messages from people. And, and you know, it, it's mixed because I see people who, believe it or not, in this day and age with the internet and everything, still think they're the only person in the world who's like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I still come across those people. Um, and, and it's amazing how many people are still so isolated. And it's one of the things I always talk about is how so many people are isolated Um, in this community, and which is part of the reason I I frequently am encouraging people to come to, to events like this, because it's so important to see that you're not alone. Like, it's so important to be like, I am not the only person who likes this. I'm not the only person who feels this way. I'm not the only person who's felt this way since I was X years old, you know, and to realize that there is a community out there. Um, And I I do think that's so important for people, um, because that isolation, you know, one of the things we certainly learned in the pandemic was how damaging isolation is to our mental health. Um, It can be devastating for most people. You know, you're extreme introverts. Okay, they loved the last two years. (laughs) But everybody else was kind of miserable. And... um, I, I know, I wrote in the book. Thank you again for mentioning that. It was very sweet of you. Um, the book is
1: called No More Hiding.
5: It's called No More. No. No? It's called You're Not Broken. Oh, what's That's No More Hiding? No More I Hiding know, was it's, the first it, it, it's, one. It, it You're gets, Not Broken the second one. No, it's called You're Not Broken. Yeah, thank you. And um, yeah, I, t- I lost my train of thought.
1: <laughs> yeah. I apologize because I actually have the book sitting in front of my computer when I record the podcast. You think I would know it by now, but go ahead. <laughs>
5: I really did lose my train of thought. Oh, that's on me. That's i so sorry. That's uh, what's in the book. What's in the what's book? In the book? Oh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> good. All right, I didn't pay her either. Yeah, like. You, you, you two are my new best friends. Uh, <laughs> um, the book's called You're Not Broken, Dr. Rhoda's Guide to Strong Self-Worth for ABDLs. So it, it kind of explains a little bit about it. I do remember my train of thought now. I explain, like, what it is, especially for those people who are new to it, don't, you know, like, what it is, what it's not. Um, there is a chapter on some of the um, important research that's been done, particularly the research that says that, no, this is not pedophilia. Hello? In 2022, do we have to still talk about this? But clearly we do. Uh, There's a number of chapters talking about how to, you know, how to get over your ingrained beliefs, how to deal with the shame, the embarrassment, the guilt, um, building a strong resilience how to talk to a partner how to explain this to a partner how to bring it up there's one chapter just for partners themselves to read so that they understand it Um, and then I finish it with a chapter for parents for parents who discover that their teenager or their child is wearing diapers they don't know how to deal with it they're Mm -hmm. freaked out there's a chapter for parents Um, And once I finished it, I realized there was probably several more chapters I need to add, so there will have to be a second edition in a few years. Yes, (laughs) There will have to be a sequel, yes. Um, So yeah, but it's been very well received in the community, which was my hope. Um, you never know when you're writing these things, especially when you're just doing a brain dump of 12 years of experience with people. <laughs> so I'm I'm really grateful that people have liked it and told me f- frequently that it's helped them a lot. That That made my whole year. For so, sure. Yes, thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you. And hopefully we'll see lots more, not just publishing on it but research on it right we'll see the to, to the question originally like hopefully we'll see lots more of that research on on where is it in the in the acceptance spectrum at a social level what are people doing today that might be different than when the original research came out there's been so little research on abdl on the whole and i'm so grateful for all that you're doing yeah and uh dr matt i think is is uh working on something with you too yeah, right
5: dr matt is working on some stuff i know i briefly talked to him but i need to talk to him more this yeah. weekend hopefully and yeah find out and um, and I still am very committed to doing the research on ABDL parents because yeah. um, I still get contacted by people who are being slaughtered in court in uh, child custody cases. Yep. And so it's so important. There's nothing, absolutely nothing on ABDL parents, yep. you know. And so that has to get done. I mean, that's that's my personal number one priority. Um, and I might have to f- figure out how to. F- fund it myself, but
1: <laughs> I'll join forces with you on that one. Uh, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big it deal. Is. It's really yeah. a huge deal. And, uh, if you're an ABDL parent listening at home, we did do an episode on that and we did a couple parenting and ABDL. We also did one on divorce and ABDL when you have kids and, uh, hopefully you'll tune in on that. Ways to participate. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Okay. Thank you for that. I will. Uh, We'll put it in the show notes too. All right. Next question, please tell us who are you and what do you want to know?
12: All right. Hello panel. It's your boy, Johnny Cuddles. (laughs) Now my love is for ABDL podcasting. So my question is for all the people that are up there, like with what I call podcaster level personalities, just the extra folks. And you know we're facing this way you're facing that way i assume that's all you folks now some of us with this podcaster level personality most of the folks have more reserved personalities everyone's a, a little quieter how do we coexist in this world when you're coming into a new room into a new group how do you read that room and temper yourselves to to match that energy
1: oh so this sort of Big. I'm assuming by podcast personality, it's sort of this big extroverted sort of vibe.
12: Exactly. Yeah,
1: and then walking into a room where not everybody has that vibe.
12: Right. Right. You're walking in like borderline cringe. And yep. you got to take it down a couple notches. Yep, yep. How, how do you read that room and uh, w- when you do it personally?
1: Well, this is a fun question because I happen to know a bunch of these folks on this panel pretty well, and not everybody would call themselves an extrovert. I'm not even sure the, the majority would call themselves an extrovert. I'd love to hear from some of the folks who maybe can navigate both sides of that spectrum. And I think appropriately, the introverts are like, no, you, you do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
12: as an introvert myself, I run out of gas pretty quick. I'm going to yeah. go take a nap after this because yeah. this is a lot of like attention I get
7: right that. now. <laughs> I get that. I think that's the biggest thing, too, is knowing your limits. I think if you go into it 100 miles an hour, you're obviously going to crash somewhere down the line where maybe if you come into it knowing, all right, let's temper expectations a little bit, see where the room is at if things are happening, things are great, if things are really vibed up then awesome then you can start you know turning it up a little bit if you realize that you're in a more of a quiet comfortable just chill environment then yeah zen out and 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 go from there it's really you 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 read the room you do your best that you can but i think the people will realize if you're fun if you're outgoing if you're one of those people but also like being a little bit more shy and reserved doesn't mean that you don't want to hang out and have a good time. You know, the the introversion really doesn't mean yeah I'm gonna go sit over there in the corner and keep answering these questions or like Absolutely. anything like that. But yeah. it's it's really just how you go about the things. You don't have to have that game show host personality and show you what's behind door number one and, and give you that that really good voice and here's a new car like anything yeah. like that so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really just how you go about it and how you interact with the other people because I think if you show that you're fun, intellectual just a good guy to talk to they're going to see that.
8: Beautiful, thank you. Yeah. And like building off that you know, um, I think a lot of times, um, sorry um, I think that you know, being the more quiet or reserved person in the room like you'll find that people actually appreciate that. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who are like, you know, like like there are other introverts in the room and like sometimes, you know, they're they're always looking for someone else who has that same energy because they might be overwhelmed. Right. And so like just um when you have when they find them, when they see someone who's like, oh, this person's just chilling here, you know, like okay, we can go to this person, we can start talking to this person. And um yeah, so necessarily like you know, like um I feel like I just went off on a tangent. <laughs>
12: No, you're on track. I,
8: I think you're spot on, yeah, you're Sleepy good. K. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, like there's no, like I guess I'm trying to match things. Sometimes I don't know. I'm just <laughs> rambling about stuff. You're, you're, it, come that's at really meaningful on their level.
1: Yeah. That's really meaningful that you talk about people, meet like I want that from you. You're the person I want to be with because I'm more comfortable with that person. That makes a ton of sense. I think like I'm unbearable to some people. And because I come in generally with this big extrovert energy, and and I I think I'm probably really uncomfortable for a lot of people, and so they like RNT finds me exhausting um, for good reason. And when when we go to events, she goes to the other people who match her energy best.
8: Yeah, like like I know like when I go to events and like when I go into like really social situations, like there are people who are way more extrovert than I am, and not in a million years could I ever match that. And, you know, like, I try to push them a little bit more, you know. But, like, it's good to have people who, like, I think have that same energy that I have as well. Yeah. And so it's it's always comforting to find that. Yep.
4: Absolutely. You actually find... Ooh, there's a minute. You actually find, if you're into Myers-Briggs type indicator, that pairings of partners are generally extrovert introvert not always but it kind of makes sense because you if two people are together and they're both introverts they're never going anywhere and if two people are extroverts they're gonna be too crazy and like drive off a cliff but I would say major shout out so I'm an extreme extrovert on Myers-Briggs and like only clowns are more extroverted than me, and I hate clowns. Um, so I would say shout-out to the folks that are introverts because I encounter them as amazing listeners, folks that are, have the opportunity to take in and observe. So while I'm doing my almost-clown act of being loud and engaging and like not reading the room and coming in too much, as you said, um, it's the introverts that really meter and measure and bring that to a more center
1: I do think the world uh, rewards extroverts more um, for no good reason. Um, I think I get an undue reward for coming with the energy that I bring. And it's only in the moments where I realize that's dumb and I shut up for a while and ask questions and listen, that's when I get this amazing wisdom from the more introverted people in the room. So it's, I think a lot of it's on folks like me to shut up for a while and say, okay, what can I glean from you? I'm willing to wait to get it.
12: Absolutely. if any, if my little boy has taught me anything, it's uh, that I need to shut up and listen to him sometimes because mm, yeah. he is definitely the introvert. And what you were saying, it's absolutely true. The, the extrovert will just adopt an introvert like, oh, we're friends now. Mm. And the introverts, it's like, OK, I guess we're going this way. But <laughs> so that's that's very true.
1: <laughs> Thank you for that. And uh, here's to more ABDL podcasting. Bring it on. Bring it on. I want as much as we can get. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Hi there. Tell us who you are and tell us what you want to know.
13: you can call me N13. Um, I just really want, um, my love is uh, this Capcom, the people I've met on Instagram and met them here. Yeah. And what I want to do is just say I love your show. You guys are amazing. Thanks to the panel. And thanks CapCon for having you here.
1: That's it. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) We'll take it. I'm grateful. Thank you. Some somebody come up just to say they love us that's all right we can handle about 15 more of those
7: in a row i was gonna say the answer to that question is the declaration of independence yes yes i agree 100 percent. hi there
14: okay if you want me to tell you i love you i can just do yeah that. yeah please no, that's no, all we're accepting from no, here on out no i'm i'm little fox um and rose and uh this is my first cap i have two questions it's both yeah. our
1: first cap virgin
14: and 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 the first question is kind of related to that. Um, I've had this as a part of my life for my basically entire life. I'm, um, and um, she has never been exposed to this until about a year and a half ago. Like, completely new. And, like, when we walked in, I didn't know what to expect because first cap. But when we walked in, I was completely comfortable with everything here. And her, it was like, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot. I, and she was a little overwhelmed and, like, we talked about it and we worked it out, but I'm wondering for people in a similar situation that are bringing someone that may not be as familiar with this, this worldview or lifestyle or whatever you want to call it, um, do you guys have any advice to help for that transition?
1: Hmm. What a good question and a big one. Any advice for people who they're new and trying to transition into this?
5: Um, So if I understand you correctly, you're looking for advice for your partner, right?
14: For how to help them? Well, I mean, we kind of talked it out and we actually got to a really good place. Like it wasn't a huge problem for us, but it was more like, this is a thing I feel like couples will experience in our community. Like this is going to be a common issue. And I was just thinking like, yeah, uh, any advice for people experiencing similar issues? <laughs> That's great. Um, and I do encounter this a, f- a fair
5: amount of the time. And, and I often, when I'm talking to partners about it, I, I, I let them know a couple things. First of all, you're right, it is a lot. Because uh, there's so much energy. Like yesterday when everybody was arriving, oh my God, after being gone for two and a half years, it was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hello to all of you too <laughs> it was a lot yeah. um, so a partner here for the very first time yes i'm sure i'm sure your partner was overwhelmed um but i always tell them it's like once you get past that initial shock and that initial overwhelm i, I always tell them i want you to notice people's faces is that I want you to look around because it's this group of people who have been forced all their lives to hide this. They've been hiding this part of them forever and this is now a space where they can let it out and they can feel safe for a few days to be themselves. And what you are going to see is you are going to see so many happy people who feel relieved and authentic and seen and it's such a beautiful thing. And, and to get past that kind of feeling of overwhelm, of like, oh, there's so many people, and it's, it's so crowded, and it's noisy, and it's like, it's like, no, look around and watch that. And watch your own partner. Watch how they do. Watch how they can come out and blossom and get to finally be themselves and notice the differences in them, whatever those are. Mm. How they can feel happier, more relaxed, Um, you know, do they sleep better that night? Well, maybe not the first night, but, uh, (laughs) you know.
1: Or at all, any of the nights, but maybe when they get home, yeah.
5: yeah. But just notice their mood. Mm -hmm. Like, are they happier than usual? Are they, you know, do they manage stress better? Like, just notice that. Because I think sometimes when partners can see that, that really makes a difference for them to go, oh, This is why this is so important to you. Um, And I have seen couples who've come and the first time and, you know, the partner's really nervous because maybe they're a little more introverted and they're like, oh, there's going to be 1,500 people. (laughs) And yet once they get here and once they can do that, it makes so much difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, so that's usually my best advice to people is to just be able to do that.
1: That's great. I, I'll add from my own experience that uh, you have to be willing to say to your partner, it's okay if we go do different things for a little bit, uh, because it is a lot. And if, and if it's like, I need you to be my accomplice in all of this, that's a big ask. But it is okay to say, hey, would you like to come with me to this class? And then you can go do whatever for a while. And I'm going to go do whatever for a while. And um, creating that separate space is, I think, really important and okay. Yeah. Thank you for that question. I think that's a really important question.
14: Can I ask you my other question really quick? Sure, quick please, please. Uh, Any ideas of where Forever Playland is going to be had? Is there like a short list or like
3: city-wise? Well, we have some ideas, but it will be in the United States.
1: <laughs> in the U.S., we've continental or Hawaii. Incon- actually, in continental, we'd love Hawaii. United States, but, forty-eight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually it's already sold out. Sorry, everybody. Uh, yeah, you had to click it in that one second when Kyle said it. So better luck next year. Um, yeah, yeah. that's just how the demand is, man. That's how it is. Well, coming up, tell us your name and tell us what you'd like to know.
2: Hello. Um, you can call me top at, um, I guess my love is for seeing people that I haven't seen since before the pandemic here. So, um, it feels like a great reunion. Um, my question is on kind of the dichotomy of information you would point um, a friend or a partner to who's completely vanilla new to ABDL and wanting to learn about that versus what you would tell a therapist who does not have uh, any experience with that. What kind of like professional journal-type information would you direct their way? Mm.
1: So what do, you, what do you tell a new partner versus what do you tell a therapist? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, this is good. We, I think most of us have... <laughs> There's a therapist at the table,
5: yes, so I'll another, be gentle, uh,
2: but... Another for the resident expert. But he yeah. suddenly
5: <laughs> turned and looked at me.
14: <laughs> <What>? uh, yeah. <laughs> I,
5: I would love to know from,
1: from you guys, like, for those of you who have talked to partners or where I've talked to therapists, and then I'd love to hear from an actual therapist,
7: but um, what, what did you share, and what are you glad you shared or not glad you shared? So I actually, when I started therapy, looked for someone who was... Um, kink-friendly, sex-positive, et cetera, not necessarily well-versed in the ABDL age play realm, but what I did express to her, I pretty much expressed everything that was on the table um, within reason, you know, what was appropriate at the time. And it's funny because some sessions for me don't center solely around, you know, diapers, age play, little space, et cetera. They'll come up here and there, um, but a lot of times, I find that it's the other goings on in my life, which nothing's going on in my life. I'm, I'm yeah. fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Um, the those kinds of things, and then certain other things will pop up, and and she'll catch on on those things. And it's interesting too because sometimes I'm teaching her a little bit um, about those things, and that also kind of feels good and fun in some ways because like if they're not, you know, the, the the ABDL expert over here. Um, you can teach them a little bit more, and and they become now a little bit more well versed. If somebody else that they have a client of shares in those same kinks mm-hmm. that you do, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: To build on what Brew just shared, there is the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom that maintains a kink-aware professional directory, and you can find a clinician there. You can find a massage therapist. They have uh, compiled... It's actually global, so it's not just in continent. It's outside of continent oh my uh, God. as well. I had to do it. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. But to that end, I've only gone to see clinicians that um, were there, and comparably, it was... I knew that the individual I was dealing with had the subtext that I had this as part of my life. It was not necessarily the focal point, but I have heard horror stories um, from partners that went to like an EAP, the employee assistance program, and saw a clinician and the clinician flipped out. And then they were concerned because they had gotten to that clinician via their workplace and they didn't know if there was a back channel. Uh. Um, so I've heard, you know. Horror stories as well But feel free to use that resource It's incredible There are attorneys in there There's meditation people There's a nice Well list there Mm.
1: Yeah That's the National Coalition For Sexual Freedom Yep What about talking to partners I think that came up as well Have any of y'all Discovered things That you were glad You shared with a partner Or things you wish You hadn't shared With a partner
7: Yes (laughs) Simple answer Yes Um Yes, uh, the those kinds of things. I feel like when sharing with my partner, sometimes there's a feeling of like, uh, you know, I wanted to tell you this, but I didn't want to tell you this because I didn't want you to get worried about this, and then you suddenly go to start going down that spiral. Um, but in a way, they won't know how to help you until you speak up and say something to them. If it's helping you by helping you, or if it's helping you. Not by helping you And it's not saying that in a bad way Like if if you are like Hi I'm dealing with this I don't know how you can help You're not saying that in a bad way But they're like okay Well if you figure it out I'm here for you Or if you just need five minutes To go and chill Like cool I'm in the kitchen making snacks Like whatever Like I'll be here when you're done So stuff like that I think is Is important so long as you're comfortable with it Um, And again if you have someone who is Aware of the kink, respectful of the kink, great. If it's someone who is new, you're not necessarily. If you're if you're still delving into that, well, that's a whole another can of beans. But you really have to feel that out too. I, I said that before. You know, feel the room, see, read the room, and see what you feel from there. And if you feel comfortable with confiding in someone like that, then by all means, go for it. You know, I've had some coworkers who I've spoken to about my ventures into the polyamorous world and i think i can count on one hand how many i've told but it's because i trusted them it's because i trusted them implicitly and they were very very supportive of me and i thankfully did get the reaction that i was hoping for um and they were like look if you have anything else that you need to talk to me about feel free cuz it was it was starting to affect my work too but um, that really helps when you can go to not only just a partner, but somebody else who is very, very trustworthy on that front.
8: Awesome. Well, thank you.
7: Yeah, thank you. Good, Great question.
1: And I'll say for my part, I don't know if you all have experienced this, but some, sometimes I've, I've been to a therapist and shared this part of myself, and it became the only thing they focused on because to them it was so weird and wild and out this must be my problem. And they weren't rejecting it. They were just like, oh, this is the thing. And I would come in and want to talk about something else. And they were like, yeah, let's get back to the freaky diaper business. Um, That's not a good therapist either for you. Um, So it's not, accepting is one part, but sometimes it's also, do they have insight for you? And can can they see beyond this that this isn't the only thing in your life? Awesome, come on up, let's talk.
15: Hello there, I'm short. Uh, Hi, short. hi. Hi. Should have known a bunch of dads on there. <laughs> God, and dad jokes. That's on me. Uh, my name is Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm really nervous, so I'm going to stutter a little bit. I apologize in advance. My love goes out to, I love everyone here in this room and in this con in general. However, I would like to send my love out to all of those who could not make it to the con for mm. whatever reason. Personal, yeah. financial, family whatever, I almost didn't make it myself. Uh, so, yeah. to those listening, I, I appreciate you and your and you're scene, and I hope you can make it next year. Um, Agreed. Thank you. But, uh, sort of tying into my nervousness, uh, I felt overwhelmed from the moment that I stepped into the con. Uh, I've been engaging in the community, more or less, for the past 10 years, um, so I didn't think I was going to have these feelings of nervousness, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I I am, and I felt that I've been tying myself more towards people uh, that I knew before the con and trying to experience it with them Mm -hmm. um, in a way that I think is just not helpful in trying to help myself engage with the community at large, which is kind of what the whole thing is. Mm -hmm. So what would any of you suggest for just screwing the nerves and getting out there for lack of a better reason Ooh.
1: Charm, How do you get over those nerves? That's really good because I still get nervous every time too.
7: How do you get over them? Coming up and doing a podcast panel.
1: <laughs> yeah. I like that it's your first con and I'm like, you want to sit in a podcast panel? Dude. And you were like, sure.
7: He texted me and I'm like, oh, <laughs> sure. I feel like I couldn't say no. Um, I literally felt the same exact way as you last night. I... Kid you not. And it was overwhelming. I felt extremely just out of body, nervous, all that things. And I think it's just taking the time to take care of yourself. Um, If that's going into a room and chilling by yourself, awesome. If that's getting food, comfort food, something just that helps you, that's great. If... Booze is your thing. Don't go overboard, but have a drink. Um, It's one of those things that I think you just really, you took the biggest step in coming here, first of all, and that's huge in itself. And so if that's the step that you take for now, awesome. And, And don't be afraid to... Take more, but if it still feels foreign and uncomfortable to you, that's okay. Like just feel it out, and and that's gonna be the my slogan today is just like read the room, feel it out. I've said that three times yeah. now. The next time I say that, somebody throws something at me. <laughs> um, just really act on those thoughts. Don't mull over them too too long, but really um, take care of yourself, and that's really important. And if you have those people that you resonate to then awesome stick around them that that's what really matters so
1: yeah
7: i'm curious here too
1: miss panda pants you and i have been to a bunch of these to the same ones i get nervous every time do you still get nervous every time
6: oh yeah i always get nervous um i think it's also important to remember that pretty much everyone gets nervous before they come here especially on the first day um most people here are open to making new friends so to talk to people it's not like most people want to chat and hang out. Hang out in common areas, go to classes, go to things. Like Try to like involve yourself. If you want to be social and meet people, that's the best way to do it because everyone's here to do that too. I don't
1: know. It is amazing how open people are to just that immediate, I've never met you in my life conversation.
6: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Just talk to people. I don't
11: know. Yeah.
8: Also, like, um, Skywalk- Skywalker Ranch... <laughs> Like, I've seen you online, and I've also, like, you know, seen, I think we were in the same Discord group together, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, cool. like you're on the right path. Like, you don't have, like, you know, meeting, like, meeting people and stuff doesn't necessarily have to be, like, in person. You can always just, like, meet people online and just, like, build that repertoire online. And, you know, like, take, you know, just take those steps, and then, like, you'll know people. And then it's, it, always, it helps you, like, learn, get to know people beforehand. And so when you go to like events of like this, you'll, you'll have familiar faces, familiar personalities to be around. And usually just having, like, like having that is really comforting in itself.
11: Mm.
1: Your guys' advice is so much healthier than mine. I was like, you should take up smoking because <laughs> the smoker's pit is always full of, no, that's terrible advice. No, that's terrible advice. Thank you for that question, Skywalker Ranch. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. Cruz wants you to drink. I want you to smoke. This is ter- this is a terrible advice show. <laughs> Don't listen to us. Hi there, and you can pull that mic right down to you.
0: Um, hi, I'm Miss hi. Princess Kitten. Hi. Um, my I've kind of got a threefold question. Um. And it kind of follows up with a lot of the other questions that have been asked about like being more open in the community and whatnot. Well, there's this separate community on Instagram and a little bit on TikTok. Mm. And I'm sure Miss uh, Panda Pants can attest to this. And that is the age regression community. Oh.
1: Um, I here. thought we hit a third rail with the first question.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Buckle up. Uh, um, yeah. Bring it on.
0: Um. One, how do those of you who are active on social media uh, deal with this community? Um, uh, The other one is how do we, because a lot of this community is full of minors, um, and trying to educate them on like, hey, you're actually practicing in BDSM things just by saying that you have a daddy that is a power exchange. Mm. It doesn't matter how you cut it, that's that's what this is um and then how do we sort of bridge the gap with the just non like the general community and saying like whoa you guys are seeing this thing and you're accepting it but then you're seeing us and we're pedophiles for some reason right right um even though what they're doing is very harmful Mm -hmm. um and then how do we go about that sort of education with that community without um, getting doxed, because this is the same generation that just doxed the Supreme Court. So I don't think they're going to stop with just some rando on the internet.
1: There's that note of danger again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Volatility. Anybody Anybody have first thoughts on this? I mean, this is a certainly a really hot topic and a difficult one to deal with. Everybody's like, I don't have gloves thick enough to grab this topic. <laughs> well... I'll be happy to share my thoughts, uh, as, as nascent as they are, because I don't know that much. So it's all new, but, um, I do think that, uh, we have a problem with terminology for sure. Uh, because there are some people that practice age regression that are ABDLs that get confused when they see something like age regression community and they go, I want that. And then they get in there and they're like, this is an ABDL or it is ABDL, but why are there people that shouldn't be here here? And, um, there's, this is a, certainly a problem of terminology. For me, the bottom line is any community that engages minors in kink practice or sexual practice is out of bounds. That, that's an inappropriate thing to do. And there is not, a, not a, uh, a safe or healthy way to engage minors in sexual practices or kink practices. Full stop, period. Here's where it gets blurry. Yeah, you're clapping for me now. You just hang on to your butts. Here's where it gets blurry. Um, For people that are underage who have, as many of us did, have these thoughts of like, I wish I were younger or I wish I could have an age regression experience that may find therapeutic value in talking with someone about that, the resources are scant and hard to find. And so I think sometimes they end up in a whirlpool that sucks them into this cloudy, weird area of like, I want to feel better about who I am, and yet there's these kinky people who are saying kinky things to me in a community that pretends to not be sexual. And I think that's probably where that happens. We need to have an answer for people who are minors who don't know what to do with this feeling as many of us had it before. You know, it's not like the day I turned 18, all of a sudden I was like, you know what, sounds nice. <laughs> um, but I didn't, I didn't have a place to take that. And so I wandered into this vortex that, that I think many find themselves in today. Um, I wish we had a better answer for them. I think we should have a better answer for them, but I don't think the answer is to blend kink and, and being underage. I don't think that's the answer.
0: I think just to clarify, a, a lot of my experience, at least through my Instagram feed, is um, people that are within our community reaching out to their, not reaching out, but they've commented on one of their things and being like, you're not supposed to be here, mm. and here's why you're not supposed to be here. You're mm. engaging in BDSM activities. Right. You should stop. Yeah. And them giving that pushback of like, I'm allowed to be here. You're the freak.
1: Mm, yeah. God, that's ugly, isn't it? Yeah. I would have. I don't know what I would have done if somebody had told me that.
5: Um, the only resource I know of for minors who feel like they're ABDL or, or into any you know age regression, age play, is Nuck the World NUK, um, which they promote primarily for minors and pr- create a safe space that's for minors so that they don't have to feel like they're being. Um, attacked or, you know, can get information, try and learn about themselves, um, and it, it's it's a great site, and it also has a page for parents uh, who have come into contact with figuring out what their children are doing, and mm-hmm. it's at least something, and I, I know it's not enough. You're right, we need a lot more, because, I mean, this is a common problem in most of the different communities, is that for... For teens, who, you know, we all figure these things out about ourselves earlier than the world would like to think we do. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, there's no resources. So, yeah, we have a long way to go
11: here.
4: I'm curious, the big little podcast would cite and send folks that might not have been of age to Scarlatine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's still a resource or if that's still up, but I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember that. But one.
4: Mako would give a distinct like do not listen, this might be explicit content. If you are underage, check out scarlatine.com.
1: Yep. The the thing that i don't understand is i know that so for instance doing a podcast i can't control who listens to it i put explicit on it i let people know it's a sex podcast it's in the sex category i can't control who listens to it and so every once in a while somebody will send a note and says hey i'm 16 and i'm really struggling with these feelings and i send right yeah and and i send back a note and say here's some here's a resource to go look at you I encourage you to talk to a, a licensed therapist or a counselor or somebody that you trust about these feelings. What I don't do is say, ooh gross, you're terrible. Get the fuck out, out of here. Uh, you know, you, you should be ashamed. Like, that was the message I got just from the world at large. I can't imagine if somebody had written back to me and said that. So this, this notion that like, the second you turn 18, all of a sudden, uh, you now, now you're acceptable. That doesn't work. But we also can't say welcome into our kink community because this is sex and you don't, we can't do that. That's not right. Um, so my hope is that we do create more resources for kids who are having these experiences without telling them they're gross and they're shameful and they need to get out. Thank you for that important question. It was really good. Friends, we're at the, we're at the one hour mark. We, we've got 27 minutes left. You, you guys have enough energy to keep going? We feeling good? All right. This is a long episode of Love in Long, isn't it? Hi.
16: Hi. Hello, friends. My name's Amanita. Amanita Dreams on Instagram and sometimes FetLife. Um, I was hoping I would have a bit more of, like, a softball question for you after that one, but this also, <laughs> this also might be a bit of a third rail. My question is around buying shit and the ethics of doing so. Um, ah. in, so in, like, the past 5-10 years, the number of ABDL companies has, like, exploded. And many of these companies are owned by, like, a handful of folks. Um, many of these companies or many of the folks involved have in the past exhibited behavior that is either ethically dubious or in some cases downright bigoted. Mm. Um, So I've noticed sort of two schools of thought around this. There's the school of thought of like your purchasing decisions should reflect the people that you want to platform and sort of the community you want to create and the people you want to support versus the other side, which is like it's just buying shit like there's no ethical consumption under capitalism that so i'm hmm. curious where the panel sits on the spectrum of like your your purchases should reflect the people you want to support and the community you want to create versus it's all sort of like a wash anyway, and mm. you don't really have that much control.
1: Holy and shit. And I'm not, I'm not looking to it. put
16: any individual companies on blast. Sure, sure. a lot sure. of logos on the screens. We're not going to mention.
1: <laughs> sure, but. sure. No, I appreciate that. Man, I'm waiting for, I hope the next question is, are diapers good or something? <laughs> no. Amanita, this is great. This is great. Let's talk, friends. Do you, how, how, does, how does sort of your, your ethic fit into your purchase decisions?
8: Why am I holding this mic? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm just going to tell you, it's a lot of shit, and what I'm thinking about that is, like, the, like you know, if, if, you, if you've kept up with, like, all, these, of, like, all the like, different companies and all the history, it's like, you'll, you really, I don't know, the way I've come to it's like, okay, like, XYZ company has done this. And then, but then also X, Y, the other companies, and then this and the other X, Y, and, you know, and these are like the sources of of the diapers and the baby things, you know? I just have to pick the one that's the least problematic to me (laughs) (laughs) and just, you know, really do that. And then, but at the same time, like really double down on the back end, my stances for the things that they're, like, that, that 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 I oppose, like the views that I have that I oppose, that oppose what they've said. The, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like I have to double down. Like I guess my stance against the problematic mm-hmm. things that they've said. You know, and unfortunately, that's kind of like the whole system that we live in. And I mean, you know, it's just like a very microscopic version of like unfettered capitalism and all that other shit. But like, you know, mm-hmm. you know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
7: yeah. Thank you. And then you take this outside of the ABDL realm and then there's more companies and restaurant chains and all these other things that, that will breathe in the same realm. And, and you know, in, in one case or another, I'm sure that nobody is 100% absolved. I'm sure somebody's got a skeleton in their closet that nobody's revealed yet that something comes out and now all of a sudden oh, damn, There's this company's going okay. down the tubes or whatever. I'm not saying ABDL companies. Solely, I'm saying anybody in general. But
16: Yeah, the reason I ask in the context of ABDL specifically is because we're still, like, a niche, right? We're right. still, like, pretty small. So it feels yeah. like purchasing decisions m- could have more impact mm-hmm. than, like, you know, choosing where you buy gas. Mm-hmm. Like. Sure.
7: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, except gas is ridiculous yeah. no, these days. Um, I think being respectful of others choices if they have those opinions on those kinds of things um but also demanding that same respect too if you feel strongly about a company and say you won't buy from them people should respect you for that and not like slam you for that but like wow no 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 that's that's your prerogative that's your choice you choose to spend your money where you want to and that's perfectly fine
6: so personally i won't buy things from companies that i know personally have done shitty things like I, that's my thing but there's also so much interpersonal drama in the abdl community that sometimes you don't know what's true and companies are ran by a lot of ABDLs, so sometimes i just have to make my own choices on that and what's real and what isn't but if i personally know that something shitty happened then i decide not to buy from them
3: yeah yeah, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And and I would encourage us, just as people in in general, to just like not think to ourselves, you know, if I stop buying, nothing's going to happen. Because you know, Bugs Life teaches you that if everyone stands up. <laughs> and do something you can defeat the grasshoppers. And like we're living in a society today where like it's hard sometimes to try and make ethical and moral stands when our leaders are not making ethically moral stands. Like when I think about like climate change for example and the fact that like you know it's a bad thing and we need to do something about it. If everyone just said, "Oh well, Kylie Jenner isn't going to stop flying her private jet," then we could never do anything about it. So um, it's my personal opinion that you know you have money in your pocket Make a decision of where you want to spend that money, and if it matches your values and it's important to you, then let's do that, and let's just figure out how we can make these changes together because there are a myriad of ways we could do that, but it has to start with me. It's got to start with you. It's got to start with people on this panel just to really make sure that we make the world a better place for the people who come after us. I, I'm, I'm black. You know, people on the radio don't see that, but <laughs> I, I have to say that... like. I can't sit back and just casually say, well, you can just you know do something over there and it's fine because it doesn't bother me. Because sometimes that political or difference of opinion is just a human's right issue for people who look like me and people who look like yeah. people in this room. Yeah. And so it's just critical that like, if you feel that your dollars are an expression of your speech, which it kind of is according to the Supreme Court, yeah. then spend those dollars in the way that makes your speech the most effective and you know really, really make sure that you stand stand up for what you believe in. Because if you don't, nobody else will. So I feel
4: like this is the crossfire counterpoint, and I hate to intellectualize this. So Harvard Business Review published an article that wanted to align purchasing actions versus stated positions on whatever it is. So this was environmentally pro-people. And ultimately, what won in buying decision, when it was measured against folks that espoused those values, was what was the cheapest thing and what was the most convenient thing. And I think all of us can think of a situation where, like, all right, well, I needed this right now, and I might not love this provider, If anyone has an iPhone, by the way, um, there are a lot of controversies about sourcing these items. And then I feel like it's everyone's personal decision to use their dollar as they wish. But at the same time, if you're going to pick and choose, in the ABDL world, it is individuals. And it's funny because the very first diaper company for adults is Bambino, and it's a huge corporation, and we'll never know what the values are or the decisions, because these smaller companies, it's a human being who's very fallible, and they can have a bad day, or they can be misinformed, and then how do you come back from that if you didn't know the impact on the LBGTQ community or the trans community, and then I feel like there's got to be some place for education. So someone gets vilified on a viewpoint, and maybe they needed to be educated, but there's never a bounce back. You're screwed forever. You have been dying. Boxed, and you can never recover from that. And I'm not saying it was wrong to address that behavior or educate the person, but in a community that's so small and already marginalized, think how much it must stink to never be able to show your face again.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- th- I think that's a, really, that's a really good point. And I think we agree on, on several things here. It's not a zero-sum game, though, to be very clear, right? And I think that's the, that's the key. Um, at the end of the day, like there's no zero sum game here when it comes to buying a few dollars and where it is. Because I think you are right, we have to make choices, and sometimes we make the choice that's not good for us at the end of the day. But I think you need to try and, and do what makes sense for you and what feels right. And I think that's where we agree on this conversation. There's so much that seems to
1: be an individual level decision here. Like I keep hearing from everybody, it's like I, I make my choice with my dollars and I'm gonna screw it up. Like I, I, I can say, I personally have never bought. An environmentally friendly disposable diaper, because there isn't one. <laughs> right? Never once. Is it an issue that matters to me? Yes. Apparently, it doesn't matter to me enough to give up diapers. <laughs> right. Apparently. Uh, however, I have avoided some companies because of practices that I find violate human rights. So, apparently, I care about that more. I don't know. Ultimately, um, one thing I love, because I, I also work in this area, one of, one of the things that I love about the way that uh, we kind of vote with our dollar, so to speak, is that this is a vote that never gets gerrymandered out. Mm-hmm. This is a vote that never gets lost to uh, ID requirements. This is a vote that never gets stuck because it was uh, uh, you know, voted by absentee ballot. It works every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this vote that you're putting in with your dollar, this one's going to stick. It seems to me that the opinion of the panel is just do your best yeah. uh, and work with the best info you have But certainly the the impact on the small business, man, that is outsized. And for everybody who's like, you know, I will never again eat from X chicken restaurant uh, that's not open on Sundays because they're bigots. Um, Well, that's not why they're not open on Sundays, but they don't eat there because they're bigots anyway. They go across the street, and I'm like, do you have any idea what Dave Thomas thought about race? Do you have any idea what Ray Kroc thought about the little man? Probably not. Are you willing to eat at Wendy's and McDonald's because you simply don't know? Sure. That's your individual... You, you, you just haven't done the work? Neither have I. I don't know what Ray Kroc thought about the working man. Probably not much. <laughs> uh, but I do think it... it, it it's, I think it behooves us to find the issues of passion we care enough about to actually do the work and then allow the small business to grow out of their bad choices. Yep.
16: Thank you for your thoughtful
5: response.
7: Thank you for that amazing question, Amanita. Congratulations to those of you that also had uh, Bugs Life reference on your bingo cards. Yeah, Bugs Life. Way to sneak that one in there. Hello there.
13: Hi, I'm Sony Little Fox. Yeah. What was your example question? Are diapers good?
1: Oh, yes they are. <laughs> Panel, do you think diapers are good? Seven. Seven, seven out of 10. <laughs>
13: No, when you had said that um, uh, the pandemic kind of showed us how dangerous isolation can be, that made me think back to sort of more the beginning of the pandemic, Hug. <laughs> when I, there would be sometimes like a month where the only socializing, when it was really like on lockdown, the only socializing I did was with ABDL friends playing like Jackbox games on Skype because because of being a more niche community those um online community like the infrastructure already was there because in order to find more people like you you have to be able to go farther than just whoever's living nearby so i was wondering if anyone else thought that even though it seems kind of like a paradox that maybe being in um a more taboo community may have sort of at least mentally like helped some of us through the pandemic a little easier in that isolation aspect than anyone else
1: that's really intriguing.
13: I'm sit down while I guess:
1: Thank you, Stony Little Fox, for that question. Did, did having to navigate ABDL world make you more prepared for the pandemic?
11: Why do I keep doing this?
1: <laughs> every, for those of you listening at home, every time Sleepy K picks up the mic, he then looks at it in horror, like,
8: "Why have I done this again? <laughs> I love it. Um. Yeah, for the most part, I think it it actually has because like honestly, the most the only like my ABL friends were pretty much the only people I could interact with for those few months at least. Yeah, you know, and like they really got me through. Like we had, we, we you know we got, like like you did the um, Jackbox. Yeah, we did something similar. I think um, actually Sprite over there hosted one a few actually, and they were fun, and they really helped like keep you know keep like my like they helped me remind me that i still have some social skills somewhere you know like but but no they were really helpful
7: you're gonna have to help me on this one when did we come on as transcribers when did you get the gang uh, of us the together?
1: scribes group that would have been pre-pandemic pre-pandemic but
7: just barely but just barely yeah. okay so shameless plug i'm one of the transcribers hi Um, Wait, can I also, shameless plug, will you guys please give a round of applause to the
1: people who transcribe every episode of Love and Brief? Thank you. You guys know who you are, and I'm looking right at you, and I don't know where H and Tuck's are, but yes.
7: I'm sorry, we're behind. Yeah, we're a little behind, but whatever. (laughs) Um, So joining that group helped in some realm for me personally because now I got to know a good amount of people online to navigate through this pandemic um, I met my partner through the pandemic I met many other people Locally through the pandemic So I think something about The isolation in itself And being a little more Closed off Clicked something in my head And switched something on of like I really need to start acting on this Or like doing something more with this Because it's like I felt And I had had a friend um, Who was encouraging me to get on Life And kept kicking me in the behind and I was being stubborn because that's how I am and finally when I did it she's like see I told you I'm like yeah you were right (laughs) but finally once I started doing that and reaching out to new people and meeting new people now seeing people in person and, and actually putting a face to a profile name or picture um is really really rewarding and I think um, had it not been for that little shove with the pandemic little um, I don't know where I would have been right now so
11: yeah
1: that's a really cool question thank you for that
7: <laughs> Sony Little Fox appreciate that
1: and I, I we saw so much creativity during the pandemic on how we would reach out things like ISO story time came up and regular groups came up that w- weren't there before it was amazing alright we've got time for three more go for it
17: Uh, Hi guys. So uh, I'm Mr. Pastel Green. Uh, Good to be here today. Um, So I have for a few years now been sort of a low-level community organizer. I host a a munch back home and have uh, worked with a few people to do some larger sort of region-specific events. And in the last few years, and and particularly during the pandemic, actually, I've really noticed that uh, this community uh, is more diverse than ever. And... um, I think one of the things coming out of the pandemic as events have started up again, uh, that I've been trying to be very conscious of and have been uh, looking to sort of broaden my understanding of, is uh, what are some basic or even uh, sort of more nuanced ways that uh, small-scale event organizers can create a, an, an inclusive environment and sort of welcoming safe space for a very diverse community. Hmm.
1: This is good. And I know some, some on this panel have done some organizing themselves in, in small scale. How do you create more inclusivity and diversity?
11: <laughs>
3: the mic moves over. It's a really good question. Um, and it's also like a passion project of mine as well in, in my local community uh, as well. I think one of the first things is taking a look at where you are. Um, And what your current community looks like, your friends, your circle group, people you hang out with Monday through Friday and seeing what that group looks like. Um, I think it's really important for us to kind of understand how our environment really shapes what the self-made environments look like at the end of the day. Uh, and then figuring out how do we expand beyond that. I know in um, my local community, for example, we've purposely tried to hold events on different locations throughout the city to really try and make sure people who live, say, in the suburban area versus the city versus uptown versus downtown can really have an opportunity to come. And then also finding ways to have things that are not just happy hours, for example, but other active events that might be indoors or outdoors. So people who might not really like bar culture, for example, can also come out to those events. Mm. And then messing around with time and dates as well. Um, In my local community, which is very very, um, it's a very like nine to five kind of gig and everyone thinks they're really important and they're like always on their cell phones. Um, you know, people tend to gravitate towards quick happy hours around like seven to 8 PM. So they can just quickly come after work. Um, but there's also a lot of people who don't work in that city life, um, who would like to do things on the weekends. I think that's really important, But I, I would say that like, you know, just asking this question is a step in the right direction because there are so many groups and organizations who do not realize they need to do outreach beyond their core circle. And they wonder why they just don't have an inclusive environment. But I think the important thing is really experimenting, looking at your circle and finding ways that you can break the edges of that circle to really make sure you're bringing an inclusive and welcome environment for everyone to come.
1: Very, very solid. I mean, I, I, even in small form, when we, when we set up events like this and we say, are we doing it in the right location? It's, I mean, it's going to be in Chicago, right? But are we making it as accessible as possible? Can people make it in? Do we have the right times? Do we have the right dates? Even on a big scale. So for small scale, that's fantastic that you can move around the city pick different times and dates and yeah, you're going to lose a few people when you move from here to there, but you're also going to gain a few. Are you willing to make it flexible like that? That's really smart. Wow. Thank you for that. Thanks for that question. (laughs) And don't forget your free dips.
18: Uh, (laughs) Hi there. Hi, I'm Jake. Um, I'm just Jake. Hi, Jake. (laughs) Hi, Jake. My love uh, right now in this moment is for what you've been doing with this podcast. Um, I got divorced last summer Hmm. after five and a half years of marriage. Yeah. Turned ugly between her and I, not in court or anything like that. Just communication just just broke down and it was ugly. Yeah. But um, being able to listen to the podcast and, you know, I have a, a weird job where I work a lot, work between 40 and 60 hours a week. Yeah. So, but, you know, I can listen to podcasts while I work and this is one of them so thank you um for everything that you've done thanks um, for
1: saying that jake i really appreciate that hey
18: um and so uh, my main two people i want to throw this out to is you and dr rhoda um i come from a family a weird kind of family my siblings and i are very very close and they are both aware of me being a little mm-hmm. i have a younger brother who it, it was kind of weird for him at first finding out about it but they're they're pretty open-minded people, but the past couple of weeks, he and I have been discussing maybe starting a podcast that's just an ongoing conversation between me as a little and him as a vanilla, and kind of um, just as a way to like put it out there for other littles that, like, hey, if you need to, you can have this conversation with a vanilla, or for vanilla people that are being introduced to this is like, Hey, here's something you can listen to. Here's this conversation between two brothers who live in like a, a masculine rural area where mm-hmm. this is not okay. <laughs> yeah. But you know, um, you know, but it's we're both more progressive people anyway. So okay. between he and I, it's cool. But hey, I wanted to know what your thoughts on that would be if you guys think that that would be useful, and also to put it out there to anybody else if that does sound like something that you would want to listen to, please let me know because I I'm, I'm, he's. he's he's kind of still on the fence about actually doing it, you know, so.
1: That is so interesting. What do you think, Dr. Rota? Can you imagine the folks that you work with day after day listening?
5: I can. I think it's a great idea because I often get people who wonder, should I tell my best friend or should I tell a sibling or, you know, because, again, it goes back to the isolation. There's, they feel like there's so few people they can talk to and then they don't know how to talk about it or how to bring it up. Um, Or how to even help the other person have those conversations and not just go either, A, ooh, you're really weird. I don't want to talk about this. Or B, it's like, that's cool, but I still don't want to talk about this. (laughs) Because they don't know how. And I think often that's the problem for people, is that even if they're supportive, they don't know what to say. They, They don't have the language, they don't... They don't want to offend you, they don't want to hurt your feelings, but at the same time, they just don't know what to say. Mm. And so they say nothing.
1: Yeah. Whenever somebody asks me if they should start an ABDL podcast, my answer is always yes. Um, If you want to talk about how to do it, um, you know, I I have some thoughts that have helped me, but yes, I think it's, so one of my favorite episodes we ever did, uh, and it's it's hard to narrow. This is number 96, guys. Can you believe that? 96 episodes of this thing. I know. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited too. Um,
18: I've listened to every single one. (laughs) Yeah, right on, right on.
1: Um, And I'm glad we could could keep you company through a difficult time. Um, By the way, you guys, this community has kept me company through a really difficult time over the last year, so thank you for that. Um, So yeah, should you start a podcast? Yes. Um, One of my favorite episodes we did was with my vanilla best friend, Mm. and it was so fun to sit and drink far too much and talk (laughs) about the experience of sharing that together um, and I've gone back and listened to that one a handful of times. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I, I love that one because that dialogue is something that we, not all, many of us fear. Many of us don't know how to go after. And many of us are really concerned that the, the end result is going to be a, a separation. And indeed, in our experience, because of the way we tackled it and because of who we are, this brought us together. So if your sibling already knows and you've already sort of figured out how to have that dialogue, I think the world could be richer from hearing that dialogue walked out cool. yeah right. thank you jake thank you all right our last question for the day welcome hi i'm kaylee hi
19: um wow i got up here and forgot what i was gonna ask no um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my my big love right now is getting to getting to know the abdl community and and getting to experience everything here at the convention it's my first time
1: awesome First time here. That's fabulous.
19: So um, uh, I work a job. I'm a computer programmer. I, I know, probably the only computer programmer here.
11: Yeah.
19: <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I'm looking toward retirement, not anytime soon, but way off in the future. Um, do you think there's a possibility of, and I know uh, a while back you were talking about uh, more conventions, more localized conventions. Mm. Do you think within 30 years, we could see ABDL retirement communities?
5: Oh, what a thought that is.
1: (sighs) Why, are yes. well, Why no, not? Well, no.
5: It's funny you should say that. I was just having that conversation with someone earlier today, and we were talking about like we need to all get this huge plot of land and build a bunch of little houses, and we have I this. Th- well, <laughs> not, not, not quite tiny house, but
1: <laughs> Doctor was like, some I want of us have a lot house, of stuff, and
5: we need a little more yeah. space than that because yeah. you know. Yeah. But, with you know, to, but to, to have a bunch of whole houses and a community center and, and like build this ABDL community, like a whole ABDL town or something, you yeah. know, and I think you could make it a retirement community. Um, I, you know, I think it's possible. Wow. I and mean,
19: I'm, I'm seeing more and more specialized retirement communities. Right. Visit my my yeah. mom down in Florida.
5: Right, yeah. So yeah. Why not in
19: 30 years in ABDL.
5: Like, I've had this conversation with with friends from the swinger community. We're like, oh, we don't want to go to the vanilla retirement communities. Like, that's going to be fucking boring.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: You're going to have to bleep that part out. Everyone's
19: socially <laughs> reinforcing the rules they were taught to grow up with. Yeah, I know.
1: I like to tell myself every retirement community is a swinger community. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I choose to believe, yeah.
19: Even the vanilla ones like to drink and...
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you know what's funny is when you ask the question. It's a really interesting question. I saw people in the audience nodding, like, "Hey, yeah," which means, "Hey, yeah." Like, we I, could,
5: I think if you put it out
1: there, we can create this shit. It could sure, be
5: created. Like, look at everything else that's been created. Like right. Capcom right? was somebody's idea of, like, "Hey, let's have this huge convention hey, in man. Chicago." Like,
1: they will come yeah. if you build it. So, sometimes more than I, once.
5: I think it's a great idea, and yeah, <laughs> do it. Cool. I yeah, make it, charge, Kayleigh. Kayleigh, make it happen. Kaylee, make it happen. Thank you for that.
7: Just as Miss Panda Pants and I established, we need to find a good waste yeah. management company.
1: Yes, waste management is going to be a big issue. Yeah, uh, And yeah, I'll leave it at that. Friends... Thank you for spending the last 90 minutes with us doing a live edition of Love & Brief here at Capcom. I do want to uh, thank our panelists, Sleepy K and Bruce, Miss Panda Pants, Dr. Rhoda, Misty, and Kyle. How about a a round of applause for our panelists? It is... A tremendous honor and a tremendous privilege to get to do this podcast with you week after week. I'm going to do it, and r and going to do it, and all of our guests are going to do it for as long as you will let us. So thank you for supporting Love in Brief. Remember, um, our good friends over at H-Play Outfitters have said uh, five bucks off any pack if you just come over and say you were at the Love in Brief podcast. So thanks for that, H-Play Outfitters, and to the ABDL shop for their trust samples. That's it for all the plug And Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your Capcom. Let's do the... One more time on the Love & Brief theme. You guys ready to yell Love & Brief real quick? Enjoy the rest of your Capcom, friends.